Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. Brilliant, Tom. Thanks for that. Um, Kirsty, good evening to you. Hi Tom. How are you? Doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? How did you how did you find that discussion about exam results? And, <laughs> um and... there was a lot to take in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was. I think I'm gonna you know what I've never listened back to one of these that I've done myself because I just can't stand the sound of listening to them. But that one, I genuinely might actually have to listen back because there was just so much in yeah, there. Yeah, it's one of those um, situations where you of... wish you got a pen, I think, and was uh, could pause it as you went along. <laughs> yeah, well, Tom, Tom has tweeted out um, loads of the quotes, so I might just go back and read through those. Maybe that's easier. Yeah. Um, but listen, um, I'll check. We've got Esther as well. Esther, are you there? If you want to unmute bottom left, Esther. Oh, maybe not. Well, we'll start with Kirsty. Um, Esther, I think you are there. You just need to maybe unmute in, in the bottom left. Tom, Tom will DM you, see if we can we can sort it out. Um, but Kirsty, I want to. Uh, the reason I've asked you on tonight is to talk all about going back to school. Um, you are in your twelfth year of teaching, and I think from your bio, you're about to become a head of English. Is that right? I am. Yeah. Oh, scary. <laughs> I How know. do you feel about that? Are you scared? <laughs> um, a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's in, the, it's in the school that I've worked in for the last five years. So um, so sort of an internal yeah. promotion situation. So I already know what I'm, I'm getting into. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's nerve wracking in terms of um, the level of responsibility. So yeah, but, but exciting nerve wracking. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And um, we'll try again and see if Esther's there. Esther, are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here now. Sorry, my uh, connection just cut okay. out for a minute. No problem. Did you enjoy Dylan and Robert and Stephen talking about exam I... results? Uh, you're a science teacher. Surely you did. I did. I really did. Um, it's interesting because in science, we're normally setted and therefore the results you're going to get um, every year is going to have and it's going to be impacted by which set you teach. Um yeah. So it, it's really interesting to hear the kind of the different things of what does impact um, and what is in, within your control as a teacher and an awful lot of what is not in your control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just find the whole thing really, really interesting. But the reason I have brought you both on, um, English and science teachers, is to talk about how you set your stall out with new classes, new year, the routines, the expectations, the things you do or don't do. So, Kirsty, I'm going to start with you. What, yep. You're you're in twelve year twelve. Uh, <laughs> going going into year thirteen. Yeah, this going year into 13. year thirteen of teaching. So, tell us how, how, what are your routines and expectations? Have they changed? What do you do? Um, I suppose when I was sort of 
training and I was an NQT and things I was very um I you know I'd have a powerpoint at the beginning of the first lesson I'd have with everyone and I'd have sort of my basic classroom rules written on the powerpoint and it, it was never anything um unusual it was all the basic things you know res- mutual respect listening to each other um being prepared all the usual things you'd expect that I'd stand at the front and I'd go through every one and and I'd explain why you know why everyone was important and before I knew it there was probably we were probably about 25 minutes into an hour lesson (laughs) um so I I think as I've as I've been sort of in in it for longer I still go through all of those things but it sort of becomes embedded within within the classroom lessons so I don't put it on a powerpoint anymore yeah. um it's you know a lot of our we we tend to take our classes through so for example my um year 11s that that will be getting their results on Thursday I had them for four years so you know we're quite lucky in that we we keep our classes with us um unless there's a big personality clash or a teacher just doesn't feel like they're the best fit for that class so that very much helps in that when I walk into school next Friday because we're in Leicestershire so our first day back with with the kids in is next Friday when I sort of see my year 11s next Friday they will know exactly what's what's to be expected and how they're supposed to behave um so I don't need to stand at the front and talk them through it um anymore but um with new classes i do still tend to focus on the school's ethos and the school's main rules uh which are are what my classroom expectations are based on so can, can you tell me what those are Kirsty? because every school's slightly different i almost guess what they'll be but can you tell us what they actually are yeah so this this year we've actually over the last academic year um we sort of created a student council um i know most schools do have those but ours was quite fresh and the the students in collaboration with our head of behavior and our vice principal um put together sort of a set of five golden rules um a very similar to sort of uh, what a lot of primary schools do i think um and they decided as uh every, we, we're um year seven up to year 13 so it involved every a student at every year group um and they decided what they felt the expectations should be the non-negotiables if you like um one of them is to to be on time and be prepared um the other one i'm this is a challenge now because i've got to remember them mm-hmm. <laughs> um, being prepared and on time um being willing to to push yourself if you find things hard um they're all along the lines of giving your best mutual yeah. respect um yeah. it's all all the basics that yeah, you would all expect the from yeah um we don't it doesn't become as prescriptive as like slant and all those things which i know are very controversial <laughs> um but um it is along those lines you know we do encourage track the teacher or track the speaker whoever it is that's speaking okay. yeah, yeah. All those, so those so, so you've got so are you saying you've got sort of a slant light? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's not as um, you know nobody's walking around our corridors giving demerits if you walk into a room and somebody's slouched in their seat. But if somebody is slouched in their seat or someone's got their head on the desk, 
that is quite a pet peeve of mine so um I will ask them to sit up I will ask them to stop putting their head on the desk yeah Um, yeah yeah because like this is an interesting one you know because like as a new teacher Mm. there might be that part of a new teacher that would go it's the first lesson I've got with this class yeah there's a student in there with a head on the desk maybe it's better to build a relationship with that student if I let that one go what would you say to that don't I know that's I know that's really hard um but don't because if you let the little things go then what you're saying is actually that that doesn't matter it's all right for you to have your head on the desk if you want whereas I think there's a there's a certain way to approach it I think I I can't remember who wrote this blog but there was a really brilliant blog uh, it was ages ago now about the use of the word pop you know, in, in terms of your sentence and saying, could you just pop your head up for me? It sounds a lot less aggressive than saying, get your head off the desk. Mm. And and I, I did start using that um, yeah. a couple of years ago. And I do find that it does work. It just, it sounds a little bit, I don't know, perhaps more, a bit more motherly and, and non, you know, confrontational to just say, could yeah. you just pop your head up for me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because you might miss something if it's on the desk. You know, and just no, I really like that. I, yeah, I think that's absolutely. I mean, the the choice of language and tone is 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 often absolutely key. Sometimes yeah. for me, what's worked is more sort of like a uh, a friendly business like tone. Yeah, <laughs> if there is such a thing. Yeah, <laughs> like like almost almost as if you're just asking them to do something that is just so easy for them to do, but yes. actually it might not be. Um, but you're making it sound as though it's so easy for them to say yes. It's almost like sales. Yeah. Um, you know, what you've just said is almost like using language to convince them that they're going to do something that is absolutely just everyone else would just do without, you know, without yeah. even complaining, right? Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, I, listen, I'm going to come back to you, Kirsty, because I want to explore what you've said a bit more, but I want to bring Esther in now. And by yeah. the way, before I bring Esther in, we've still got quite a few people in. So if anybody wants to call in, it's bottom left-hand side. Maybe you want to share your thoughts on routines or expectations for coming back do you do a lesson to start with with new classes i think what kirsty was saying is correct me if i'm wrong kirsty you would still do something with the classes in year new classes in year seven eight nine maybe but then the older ones maybe you wouldn't was that what you yeah. were sort of saying yeah. yeah um any new classes that i'm meeting for the first time I perhaps would sort of introduce the basics of this is what I expect, but I would no longer take sort of 20 minutes on it like I used to when I was, when I first qualified. Yeah. Um, Esther, what about you with lesson one with different classes that are new? Okay. So I don't explicitly say what my expectations are. I more say that I model them. Even from the outset? Even from the outset. So they will have done and gone through the school ethos. They have assemblies in the first day. So we don't actually start teaching until um, day three. They have new pupils come in um, for one day when it's just new pupils. Then the second day, it's all pupils in. And we're going over all of those expectations um, in year group assemblies. And then so day three and onwards, we really are just cracking on with teaching. and they will have heard the same message and the same expectations from multiple, multiple teachers. So I really just kind of want to, to model my, my expectations right from the very get-go. So it's get them lined up, get them quiet, get them watching and kind of looking at me before they even go into the room. 
and that already I'm not I don't then have to explicitly say at the start of my lessons I expect you to line up because they've already seen that that's what my expectation is mm. yeah I mean I I've seen like different approach when I put out the the post about routines there was quite a range of approaches some were on the side of no do nothing apart from your normal. go straight into your normal teaching so literally first lesson is on whatever it is in history you know um go straight into the content just start teaching uh even with even with like new groups and stuff and um, going all the way to you know a whole lesson maybe more on on going through you know the structures the systems the expectations now it's interesting like um, and this sort of comes in, I suppose, Esther, to follow up from there. What routines do you have then? Because you, you you sort of touched on a routine there with, like, facing you or whatever it was. I can't remember what that yes. was. But I was wondering, like, what are the routines then that you try and embed from the get-go? So from the get-go, it's that really good start to the lesson that they come in. Uh, or they line up outside my classroom beforehand, we have um, a, a warning bell that they should be lining up outside the classroom. They're quiet and they're calm before they come in. And then there is always um, a, a do now task. Um, we are at um, a digital school, so this, the student will be um, should come in, get their computer out, get one note open, and there is a task already for them to do, which is also mirrored on the board. Um, so that's my initial kind of start of the routines. Um, and then um, I make sure I'm explicit in when I, I want hands up or when I want um, that I will do cold calling. And I don't need to tell them I'm going to do cold calling now because they shall start to learn that it's more normally like, um, I'll use the words like, um, I want everyone thinking for this. Mm. Words that I'm going to be, that means that I'm going to be picking who's going to be answering. So it's like a trigger phrase, yeah. isn't it? like this is coming up now and you and, and do you use those phrases again and again like oh yeah again and again because I don't expect that the first few days particularly if they're new to the school rather than just new to me the amount of new information that they need to to learn so what time uh, lunch is where the toilets are how to get their classes their classmates names all the teachers names um, is so much that if I just told them my expectations they're not going to remember all of them anyway so it's a lot of repetition in the first few weeks and actually because then it slips and then you kind of have a little bit of a november slide and you have to rebuild them all back kind of some of them back up again um but i find kind of building those routines and key as you say trigger phrases so that they know what is coming up yeah yeah we've got a caller in um so i'll, I'll ask you to unmute yourself and introduce yourself to everybody have to unmute bottom left though. Hello. There we go. Hi. Hello. Good evening. Um, I wasn't sure if you were speaking to me or not. Um, I was. I was. Okay. Thank you. And um, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, Say hi. I to will. Everybody. Um, I am BJ, and um, I'm retired from teaching. Um, after 25 years in the state of Virginia, and I have subbed for three years after because they called me back after retirement because we had a few inept teachers and they wanted me to take over the class. So I did that for about three years and now I am done. <laughs> um, but my routine, um, I always taught elementary, every grade except third grade, and I taught special education. And on the very first day of school, I meet them at the front door 
as I do every morning. And if I, a lot of the teachers used to request that I take the behavioral students, and I, I gladly did because they were going to follow the rules in my class no matter what. Um, I would let them know um, and I would talk to them before they crossed my threshold. And I would tell them, I understand you had a problem with Miss or Mrs. So-and-so. We're not going to have that problem in here, are we? And they're shocked because I know. And I let them know um, what the problem is and how we're going to eliminate it. And once they understand that, they go into the classroom and start their morning work. And just like the doctor was saying that was speaking before me, the routine is extremely important. In elementary school, you have to constantly go over the rules um, and really get it set in into their minds, into their hearts, and into their routine for like maybe the first two weeks of school. And after that is set in, then I can start really digging in for teaching the content. And that's all I wanted to say. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. Um, we'll, we'll sort of uh, come back to what you said in a bit, maybe. Um, Kirsty, any thoughts on any of that? You need to unmute yourself, Kirsty. There you go. Um, it sounds like the three of us are sort of in agreement, really. Yeah, um, pretty much. In but terms I, I've, of... got a more, I, I've got a more interesting question, though, Kirsty, to ask you. Okay. Which, which is, <laughs> what do you think? of the whole because we've talked about the first lesson or first lessons uh, establishing the routines doing maybe doing some expectations or not whatever what what do you i mean in the first few lessons do you think you need to be more strict hmm. <laughs> um i think in terms of i don't th- I think you should always be strict in terms of your expectations. I don't think it's something that you do for the first two weeks and then stop doing. I mean, we all know how difficult the autumn winter term is Mm. in the UK. It's, you know, it's absolutely relentless. Um, And, you know, sort of if we stop enforcing those routines and we and we let things slide, I think that's when the problems begin to appear you're always going to get children that push back and children that don't want to follow the rules and don't want to follow the expectations but I think I think consistency is the most important thing and that's that's something that I strive for and something that I talked about um when I was interviewing for my new role was it it has to be consistent it's no good for the first two weeks saying oh, you know, can you, can you just pop your head up off the desk? And then for the two weeks and foreseeable after that, just letting them get away with it because she's sick of saying it, kind of, it, it, it has to be every day. They have to walk in knowing exactly who they're going to get um, in you and who, who you are as a teacher and exactly what you expect when they walk into that room. It, it has to be consistent. I, it, I think that's really important. I, su- I suppose what I'm asking you is, and I'll bring Esther in on this as well and um, BJ as well maybe after that but um, I want to ask you um, Kirsty what I'm suggesting is that you don't show as much maybe you, you're not as relaxed maybe in the yeah. first few lessons I mean do you, do you sort of like 
because later on with a class, um, you know, it's that it goes back to that whole, which I hate, by the way, the phrase don't smile till Christmas. But I was just about to say that <laughs> it, it does sort of go back to that. And there is an element, even though if you take it literally, it sounds ridiculous. There's also, <laughs> I guess, maybe some shred of truth in it in the sense of like how you set your stall out. I don't know. Cause it, that phrase didn't come from nowhere. No, I think there. I think there is a. I think there's a shred of truth in it. I mean, I'm quite. A... It's not. It's not so much. Don't smile to create. It's more no. like it's more about how much of your your whether it's yourself or your teacher self. How mm. much do you show, and how soon do you show it um, in the classroom with with new classes? I mean, I am a very positive, very bubbly, very chatty, very welcoming person, I, I like to think. And that that is part of my personality when I teach yeah. as well. You know, I'm not I'm not one person in the classroom and a completely different person when I step out of it. So personally, I don't do the whole, you know, I know we're, we're talking in hyperbole, but the no. whole like, you know, don't smile till <laughs> Christmas kind of thing. I don't really buy into that. I think... No. Um, you know i i have my i suppose and i know everybody this phrase causes lots of problems um but the whole warm strict thing i'm i'm a warm person but i have routines in place um and i make that very clear i don't think to to come back and actually answer the question you're asking me yeah. um i'm not somebody for the first two weeks and then somebody different afterwards no i think right. the way yeah. i start and the way i yeah. go in is is how i am all year Esther, is is that the same for you, or do you just like? Is there any part of you that you hold back a little bit on in the first few weeks? Like, for example, Esther, I know you like to do opera in the middle of your lessons, like halfway through. Do you sort of hold back on that until you've got started with them? Um, I, I think there's always an element, but you have to be very conscious that you shouldn't start something you can't continue, or you're not mm. planning on continuing. Consistency is so crucial, and that isn't just my expectations for the first two weeks. And, um, I think, therefore, you, it is, as, as Kirsty was saying, you have to just be your authentic teacher self from the start and be comfortable knowing that you're doing the right thing and you can continue doing that. I, don't, I haven't knowingly burst into opera, but I was told um, during Zoom lessons um, that whenever the students were working quietly, I would hum to myself. They only told me that when I got back um, in person teaching that they quite liked listening to my humming um, during their classes. Yeah, I mean, I was joking. I literally have no idea. I wouldn't have thought you would do opera in the middle of your lessons. Um, like, what place... I mean, this sort of leads on, I guess, to, like, the question of what place does humour have um, within your classroom and within what you do? I mean, how much humour do you sort of allow for? Um, well, I think you've got to allow for humour because humans are messy and teaching is messy inherently in, in how you're doing it and interacting. And you have to, these students are in these classrooms for hours and hours and hours a day. Um, it needs to not be a miserable place. And things go wrong um, and things go wrong all the time. And then um, science inherently has, is very difficult for some students and if you can't have that when treating it with with humor and good naturedness um it can end up being very miserable very quickly for those students who are finding it um trickier um 
And I'm not saying, by the way, that that may sound like I was, we're, we're being humorous at somebody who is finding it difficult, but you have to kind of lighten the, the, the kind of the whole classroom um, to make people comfortable to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Kirsty, anything you want to sort of add on that around the whole humour thing? Um, just to add to what Esther said there about... Um creating sort of a culture where it's okay to make mistakes I think that's really important you know I, I try and always say you know at the beginning of every year there'll be times where I make mistakes I'm not I'm a teacher but I'm not a perfect person <laughs> um, and there will be days where I'm a bit more grumpy than other days that you know there are there may be days where I get things wrong and I try to say to them if you think I've said something wrong or you know if I think you think I've given you a, a behavior incident when I shouldn't have then come and talk to me about it afterwards don't don't challenge me in the lesson whilst we're in the middle of things because that stops everything stops all the learning but come and talk to me afterwards and we can we can sort it out I think there is you know we are human beings I know they think that we sleep under our desks in school which is why they're <laughs> so shocked when they see us in the wild um, but you know we are we are humans and I absolutely agree with what Esther was saying there has to be there has to be some humor in it there has to be you know an element of we're all in it together um, in order for them to trust us enough to make mistakes and and be willing to to try um, and, and not be so scared that they might get it wrong mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, BJ, I don't know whether you, if you're still there, if you've got anything you want to add on this use of humour sure. and how. Um, now, as an elementary teacher, um, okay. Ooh, that's interesting, time. isn't it? Because it's like. I'm sorry. Yeah, because they. How old's that in the US elementary? Is that like five, four? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I was saying, how old are the students at elementary level in the US? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, kindergarten starts at about five, and yeah. up to fifth grade, um, I say about ten. Yeah, so it's like primary level for us. So, like, yes. um, mm -hmm. so I'm um, yeah, we're just talking about humor there. I guess for Esther and Kirsty, you both teach high school level. Um, it might be slightly different, but what about you for humor then in the in the in the classroom? Like, what um, where does it fit in? From the very first day, um, and I meet my students every morning, and from the very first day, I, I have a structure, and I'm also very loving, and I use as a disciplinary tactic to um, have the students laugh and listen and tune in. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love telling stories about my childhood with my sister mm -hmm. and myself, and um. Sometimes I talk about my two sons and the little funny antics that they do, and they love listening to it. And I embellish a bit and whatever so that I can keep their attention. But that's how I show them um, how much I care. I laugh with them. They laugh with me or they laugh at me, and that's fine. Um, we have a good time, but, we, but I also have a very structured classroom. They know what it is they have to do. And if they do what they're supposed to do, we just have a great time because we're human. And um, you have to show that side of you in the classroom. You cannot be strict. I never said that. I said structured. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that's the difference. Yeah, 
Interesting. Um, Kirsty, I'll come back come back to you again. Um, sometimes with a new class, you know, you, you, you've got your first lesson with them, first lesson or two. You, you know, you've set your stall out, you, you, whether you've started teaching or you've gone through expectations, whatever. And it's and it's a battle. Right. And not much seems to be working. Do you then reset and sort of restart or do you just carry on and try and battle through? Um, that actually I have that experience this year um, with the year just gone. So um, I had a class the year just gone that they were year seven um, and they were lovely um, but they asked a lot of questions and like it, should I underline the title <laughs> yes among <laughs> among others um, and it was it was I really enjoyed teaching them but um, it took a lot lot longer to um, to get routines in place and you know to to get them to realize that they couldn't just tell me about their pet lizard and their five cats yeah yeah um <laughs> because we got things to get to get through and it was consistency with that class and it was it was a lot of self-reflection um and I shared them with another teacher and you know we got together and I went to see them with her and she came to see them with me and we sort of sat and reflected together you know what they need and we we had to make a few um a few changes to how we taught that class and how we approached that class and you know this was going on you know past Christmas we were past Christmas we're in February and they still quite weren't where we wanted them to be but we you know we perhaps had to make not different rules there was there was nothing that we did differently that wasn't in line with school policies but we had to just approach that class with with slightly um in a slightly different way we had to be um, much more nurturing with them um and perhaps i i like what bj said about it's not strict it's structured mm, i thought that was that. yeah i, I, hope, BJ, I, that I was, hope bj's not copyrighted it so we can get it on the t-shirt <laughs> no, i thought i thought that was brilliant um and she's absolutely right it's that that's absolutely it in fact i'm going to stop using the word strict and start using structure um I think you have to be persistent and consistent and it's the same expectations. It's the same yeah. um, every single lesson, especially if you've got shared classes, because that often makes things difficult if they're not entirely yours. You and the, the teacher that you share them with have got to work together. Spot on. Um, Esther, um, what about you? Because, um, you know, I would imagine that physics is a, it's a, it's a practical subject like you're doing a lot of practicals and stuff so uh, how like it's a bit of a challenge isn't it like how what do you do if it's all going wrong like do you tend to sort of battle through or do you have to sort of reassess what you're doing or do you change things or do you sort of just go right this is what works and I need to carry on with it Oh, you have to um, adapt and change, um, particularly if you are coming up for a practical lesson and if the behaviour is not performing as it should do, and that happens um, to everybody at certain different times or the different class dynamics and something that's happened, you have to be um, prepared to go, well, we're not doing that practical because I don't think you could do it safely. Um, and then there are adaptations 
you can make and you can to look at things. So again, similar to Kirsty, I've had a class in the past that they just weren't settling, they weren't getting the rules, they weren't um, developing those routines as you would really would like. I did a similar, went and observed them in, um, in chemistry and biology to see how it was and it was with that. And then for practicals, we just had to get another member of um, staff or even two sometimes just to come in so that there was just people around. So they couldn't get into blind spots and start doing stuff that they shouldn't do. And again, once they started realizing that um, the structures were going to stay in place, um, then they did pick, they did pick it up. As um, I do said, I love that that phrase. It's not strict; it's structured. It is just saying these are the expectations, and I'm not going to change them for you, but I will support you in meeting them. It's the same as kind of you do in any other aspect of your learning. You scaffold them to the high expectations. Um. I want to sort of, because we're coming towards the end, um, so I wanted to ask you about new teachers coming into new schools, and this could be a new teacher, like newish. so let's say ECTs, let's say um, people in their first, maybe second year of teaching, starting in a brand new school, could be, I mean, I know a lot are starting in international schools because they've got out of the UK, um, but, but you know, a lot of people are starting in, in, in new completely new environment so what advice or tips because you're all three of you very experienced so what tips or advice would you give for the first few lessons I'm actually going to say before I ask all you three this I used to get really stressed um actually I probably still do um but I used to get really like I like probably two weeks before the start of the new academic year um I used to start getting really, really sort of focused on what I needed to do and thinking about all the different eventualities and, and whatever. Um, so one of my bits of advice to myself would have been chill the hell out um, and try and enjoy the rest of your holiday, what's left of it. Um, but equally, the other bit would be just stick to the core fundamentals, you know, the key things rather than trying to, you know, think about all these different, like, you know, because it's easy to think, oh, you know, the, the content's not to scratch um, and, you know, for this lesson or that lesson. Um, but actually, it's it's difficult because you've got so much more, you know, you've got to focus on getting those routines right. And, you know, you can only focus on so much in that first week or two. You, you know, it's just so intense. You, so that that's sort of my advice. Like, chill out and just try to focus on the most important bits. But I'm going to ask you three for your bits of advice to new teachers starting in new schools. And I'll start with Kirsty. Um, my main piece of advice would be to know your school's behaviour policy and don't be afraid of implementing it. I think that's something that you often get with, um, with trainee teachers and ITTs. I've mentored quite a lot um, and a few of them have said, you know, oh, I don't want to use it because I don't, I don't want to have, you know, I've given 50 behavior points next to somebody who's given 12. Um, and just reassuring them that that's not how it works. If you're, if you're in a decent school, no one's looking at your list of how many behavior points you've given and thinking that's your fault, that that system is there so that, that we know which pupils are acting up where and that system's there to support you. So, so know the school's behaviour system and implement it and, and don't be afraid to implement it because that way you're doing the right thing. 
Brilliant. Um, before I ask Esther next, um, I just want to say Richie is on at the moment on TTR, so you can actually get out of here in a minute and you can click listen live on the website and Richie is on right now live for his very first show. So everyone who's in here now, maybe after this, or maybe now if you don't want to listen to Esther, which we all do, by the way, but after Esther has finished speaking and BJ has also finished speaking, click on the TT Radio website and uh, ttradio.org, click listen live and um, listen to Richie until 10. You know, you know you want we've it. Pe- we've um, pinned link to space. So what's he talking what, about, Tom? What's this topic? What book should we be teaching free in English? Oh, okay. There you go. And so the link is pinned to the top of the space. You are literally two clicks away. There you go. You can't resist with two clicks away. Um, uh, Esther, your advice and guidance, please. Okay, so mine's a little bit more prosaic, um, but in the inset, um, if at all possible, <laughs> make sure you can log in to the tech in every classroom that you're teaching in. Oh. Um, it's stressful enough when your working memory is going to be overloaded because you have 300 new names to learn. You are learning new behavior policies, new routines. The language is going to be slightly different, whether it's um, demerits or behavior points or C1 or writing on the board. You want your computer to just work. So take that time to ensure that that works because then you can just look a lot calmer. And then I would say try as much as possible to ignore that you're new and pretend that you've been there for many, many years. Um, (laughs) Because if you go, oh, I'm new, it's my first day. And and although it's nice to kind of empathise with the students with that. Um, yeah, no, I'd never say that. Fake no. it till you make it and just go, I'm, I'm here and I'm just going to, as if I'd always been here. I'd say, actually, my real name's Dylan Willen. Um, I'm, I'm not Tom Rogers. So, you know, just give me some respect and love. Um, <laughs> I do have to say that the night before um, it's the my first kind of lesson, I always worry that I'm going to have completely forgotten how to teach at all. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just standing there going, "What? What am I literally going to stand in front of thirty people? And go, no idea what I'm doing." But also, Esther, you just reminded me of like the Sims update. Like you forget to do the Sims update, and it takes like three hours, and you're like, "I can't take a register for three hours in the first day," yeah. and then people come and harangue you for it. Yeah, so it, get get as much of that kind of housekeeping stuff done as you can and trust and in your knowledge and your subject expertise that you will be able to cope with kind of other things. But getting some of that kind of those tech and um, registers and stuff sorted will just make your life so much less stressful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, BJ, have you got anything you want to finish off on your little advice or tips or guidance for new teachers in new schools? Yes. Um, I was always the team lead um, for the grades that um, I taught. And prior to the first day of school, um, I would meet with the teachers that's on my team, and we would develop a mission and vision statement. We would also develop lesson plans with um, strategic methods to use to accomplish the learning goal and with everyone kind of being on the same page but um, putting in your own style of teaching is what I explain to them to let them know that you know you can alter it any way you like as long as you meet the objective 
And um, that's basically it. So right before school, we have a meeting a um, couple of times um, a week. And um, that's it. Brilliant. Love it. Um, massive thanks to all three of you. I have to have you back on again to talk about this and just more teachery stuff because um, it's been really, really cool. So um, massive thanks, Kirsty and um, Esther and BJ for calling in. Um this will be available on the same link to listen to as a podcast. So you can literally, as soon as we end the show here, um, you can just click on the space and press play and the whole thing will play from start to finish. However, we will also be editing and publishing it as a podcast, which will be available through Teachers Talk Radio, whatever your podcast platform is, you can download it from there. And if you've already done that and you happen to be listening to my voice at the end of listening back to this, then a huge thanks for listening to us uh, and spending a bit of time with us, whether it be on your commute, your drive, your holiday, your beach, or wherever the hell you are. The fact that you've chosen to spend a bit of time with us is much appreciated. And if you do have the time to leave us a lovely little review, then please do that too um, on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.